Tuesday, September the 20th, 2022. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. We've got the She-Hulk Episode 5 Deep Dive Scene-by-Scene Recap and Review with Tim Kelly. So Episode 5 means we're more than halfway home in the nine-episode installment of She-Hulk. And for those of you who are uh, into fandom, we're going to have Andor recaps coming soon. I believe a three-episode the first three episodes will be dropping of Andor coming up a little later on this week, so we should have that for you next week, recapping the first couple episodes of Andor. We'll continue on with our She-Hulk episodes, and for the rest of this episode, we'll do a quick recap of NFL Week 2, and we'll give you some Louisiana Downs Tuesday full card analysis, just one more week remaining following Tuesday, so five total days of racing, and Louisiana has added some extra races to their final week. So looking forward to having a lot of Louisiana Downs coverage for their final week of racing. And we're going to really pump up that closing day, which is next Tuesday, where all the pools are mandatory payouts and all the money must go. This episode of That's What G Said is presented by BetterThan.Vegas. Give them a follow on Twitter at BTVBets, a live stream schedule preview schedule, big games, all of the analysis over there is free. You don't have to sign up for any accounts or anything like that. You can actually register for a BTV account, post your own videos on the site, and each week they grade everyone's videos based on you know the, their ROI. And if you win, you win the weekly showdown. Each and every week they're giving away money. Check it out at BTV Bets. Go give them a follow. Let's do a little quick NFL Week 2 recap. We do our game-by-game previews for each week, and in those, we sort of recap what happened in the the previous week with uh, with Eric. But just a, a quick overview of what happened in Week 2, that Thursday night game. The Chargers were up big early. Chiefs came back, won the game late, 27-24. So Chiefs 2-0 early on, Chargers 1-1. They both look like two of the better teams in the AFC. Then on Sunday... Some crazy results. Browns were up with less than two minutes to go by two scores. Completely collapsed. The Jets come back and beat the Browns 31-30. A horrible loss. Just an awful loss. But they were one-upped a little later on. The Lions, it was a really nice win for a Lions team that needs to win games like this. A game against the Commanders, you're at home, you're slightly favored, you can't have these, oh, well, we played well, but we lost. This this is a good stepping stone for the Lions. Carson Wentz looked a lot like Carson Wentz in the first couple games, meaning he'll have some great moments and then some really bad moments, but he's been slinging it around. Amon Ra, St. Brown, great game, had a couple carries, also had uh, nine receptions for 116 yards. Lions and Commanders both one and one. Bucks and Saints were in this really weird low-scoring slugfest through three quarters. It was just three three. Then the Bucks scored 17 in the fourth, and Jameis played really really poorly. 2010 final there, so the Bucks go to two and zero. Saints one and one. Panthers and the Giants, that was a close one. The Giants won that game 19-16. So now two very close victories for the Giants. They could easily be 0-2. And on the flip side, the Panthers, who are 0-2, could very easily be 2-0. But I'm just not really sold on Matt Rule. 
Baker hasn't looked all that comfortable because he hasn't had many reps yet. And the offensive line still has some issues. Their defense has played well and has kept them in games. But another instance where you lose a close one that you very easily could have won. Patriots Steelers, not a lot of points in that game. Patriots did, did win on the road there and it's kind of an ugly one, 17-14. The Jags beat the crap out of the Colts 24 to nothing. Major issues for the Colts early on this year going to 0-1 and 1 with a very soft schedule to start the season. Lawrence looked good, James Robinson was touching the ball quite a bit and uh, the Jags pick up a victory. They're 1 and 1, the Colts 0-1 and 1 with that tie in week 1 to the Texans. The Dolphins scored 28 points in the fourth quarter to come back and beat the Ravens, who were cruising up big, dominating this game early on. Then they just stopped covering Tyreek Hill. Tua threw for six touchdowns and 470 yards. And the Dolphins looked really impressive there. Through two weeks, their new head coach has beat Bill Belichick in Harbaugh. Not not a bad way to start your career as a head coach. Dolphins 2-0 and feisty. Ravens, I still think they're probably one of the better AFC teams. That was just an absolute collapse. If they can just sure a few things up there in the secondary on the defensive side. It was nice to see Lamar running the ball. He had nine carries for 119 yards, broke a big one. 42-38 Dolphins. Rams were up big on the 28-3 on the Falcons. Falcons came back late, scored 17 in the fourth quarter, but the Rams were able to, not impressively, but just sort of squeak to the finish line. Had to um, kick a sa- they had to do some, some weird maneuvering late late in the game just to try to buy as much time possible, kill as much time off the clock. But the Rams are one and one, and the Falcons are 0 two now. Again, and for them, two games that they feel like they. Could have at least won one. That game against the Saints, they dominated, and they really came back here and had a legit shot late against the Rams. The news for the 49ers, that Trey Lance is out for the year. Jimmy G steps in and leads the Niners to a comfortable win, and they feel very good that they have Jimmy G now. And uh, real unfortunate for Trey Lance. We just haven't been able to see him yet, and it won't be till next year when we do. Bengals Cowboys not a great start for your Super Bowl losing Cincinnati Bengals last year your AFC champ they lose late to the Cowboys with Cooper Rush starting and this offensive line has been absolutely atrocious even though they went and spent money to try to beef it up it has been bad 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 Bengals are 0-2 to start where they're lucky is in the division both the Ravens and the Browns had horrible collapses so they're only a game behind both them and uh, the Steelers. Texans-Broncos, not a lot of points scored here. Russell Wilson was 14 for 31. He was really bad early in this game. He did not look comfortable. This offense is not flowing. They were fortunate to beat the Texans 16-9. to Kyler Murray looked Really good late. He made a couple incredible plays, just extending plays, and then a big two-point conversion, and they scored 16 points in the fourth quarter, and then they won in overtime against the Raiders uh, on the road. So the Cardinals moved to 1-1, one one, the Raiders moved to 0-2. Oh 
Bears-Packers was the Sunday night game. Green Bay won comfortably. Still some things to work on, but they ran the ball really, really well. It was an Aaron Jones game. He had 132 yards rushing on just 15 carries. Having Lazard back just looked like it it made Rodgers a lot more comfortable, more options there. Then on Monday night, we saw what I think are two of the better teams in football win pretty easily in their games. The Bills are incredible right now. Playing so well for this early in the season, they are just humming. And it, it'll probably take some injuries to slow them down because they are a well-oiled machine right now. And the Eagles are one of the more well-balanced rosters in football. They have Jalen Hurts, who's seeming to have, you know, improve a little bit and take steps forward each week. He's a good leader. He runs the ball well. And now it's just, can he make all the throws? Can he make the big-time throws? They have a nice weapon there with Brown. Things are looking really nice for the Eagles starting 2-0. The Vikings, after that good week one, came back to life this week. 1-1 for them. So that's just a quick look in at NFL Week 2. And we'll have all those game-by-game previews for Week 3 for you coming up on our next episode of That's What G Said. That'll drop on Thursday, late Thursday, early Friday. Eric will join us always to preview each and every one of those games. Now, let's shift the focus on into horse racing, and we'll get you over to Louisiana Downs in just a minute and talk about the Tuesday action out there. racing fans many of us have been using the drf the daily racing form for years studying the races keeping up to date on news with all the articles i remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack wherever i was going now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use drf with drf.com and the newly optimized drf mobile you can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to drf.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic past performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view. And any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances. You get an interactive format, which is... Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone. Cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next. And then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering. 
multiple formats to view. You got the overview page with recent speed figures, current day's odds, easy access to expert selections and analysis. You got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse. And you got those traditional DRF pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones. They are constantly upgrading, improving, and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at DRF.com. Download the Stable Duel app and play today. Make sure to tune in to the Friday morning free live stream where we'll give out best bets for the weekend for Friday and Saturday, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time at Stable Duel on Twitter, at It's Me, Gino B on Twitter. That will stream for free. Matt DeSantis, myself, Barry Spears, will give you all the big information for the Stable Duel contest for the weekend, and then we give you best bets for multiple tracks for Friday and for Saturday. Stable Duel, with a big announcement earlier today, Foxfield Racing LLC and Stable Duel announce a contest partnership. The Foxfield Races, one of Central Virginia's signature steeplechase events, has named Stable Duel to be the exclusive contest provider for its annual fall meeting on Sunday, October 2nd. A free-to-play contest with $2,500 in prizes. Partnership allows Foxfield to further engage attendees at the races, but to share the experience and excitement of steeplechase racing with a broader audience who otherwise would not be able to join in person. We look forward to a safe and fun race day as we engage viewers in the sport so we can continue to fulfill our mission of biannual steeplechase races, can Uh, conservation of open space and community engagement. Really cool. So I look forward to playing some Foxfield steeplechase stable duel. Now let's talk a little Louisiana Downs for Tuesday. Just five days remaining at the Louisiana Downs meet. I'm going to try to close out on a positive note. And let's talk about the opener for September the 20th. So in race number one, it's a maiden special weight, five and a half furlong race for two-year-old fillies. The one, Susie's Doll, Susie's, Susie Doll's ready. I think should send hard from the inside the most proven speed in this field. The one with that inside draw should be going. The three, Guitar Woman, hands down the horse to beat. Back-to-back stakes placings for this filly she's still a maiden but in all three of her races she was second she hooked a very talented lady flurry in her debut and then was second in back-to-back stakes the four agami is the first full for a dam who is a three-time winner for trainer shane wilson jose guerrero is aboard logical looking first-time starter we'll use the one three and four here to kick things off in race number two the one McLean is a horse I've played a few times and I've been watching all throughout the meet. And he is really honest. He gives a good account of himself. He just needs a little bit of pace to chase. At these five furlong turf sprints, though, he's a really good fit. He faced open 15 claimers last time out when he was in a similar spot two starts back at this level. He was a runner-up and he finished really, really well. What I 
think should be okay for him is the inside draw. He can just save ground behind horses and he'll just try to find a way through. If he can get an opening, he should have a big shot. I don't think he'll get into as much traffic trouble because he's not as fast as a few of the others in here. Like the two Tapazar Secret and the three Spectrolite. They're coming out of two and a half furlong races. That should sharpen up those speed a little bit. The five, that's a fact jack. First off the claim for Carl Broberg. This guy is very quick also. So I'd imagine at least those few will be flashing some early speed in here. Could set up nicely for McLean to take back, save ground, and come a run it. One, two, five in race number two. Anything around five to one will make a win wager on McLean. In the third race, the number four salacious accusation is a horse who's in pretty nice form right now, coming off a third place effort, and overall a pretty consistent mare. She gets the cutback in here. That should give her a little bit more late punch. Third start of the form cycle. The number one, our perfect princess, feels like the horse to beat off that last effort. That was against Louisiana Breads. Now she moves in with open breads, but anything similar to that race would be really tough in here. The two Blue Ridge Heat should be flashing some speed from the inside. The three New Year's Party, probably the opposite end of the spectrum. She's more of a, a closer, picking up the pieces at least in under in exotics. I went four, one, two, three. I always kind of place them in order. Fourth race kicks off your pick four. It's a 50 cent pick four with a 15% low takeout. The number four, Color Fast, comes out of a, a race where he tried the dirt in a race that was taken off the turf, so he just stayed on the stayed in the race. August the first, a couple starts back. He got squeezed back early. He moved up nicely into contention, but right in the traffic, nowhere to go, shifting around all over, had to back up. When you dive into his recent races, the horses he was facing at these lower claiming levels have all been stepping up and running really well. So he was in some tough spots. Color fast. Should get some pace to run at in here. Probably single him in the pick four to start. The two... Red Vivius, imagine they'll be flashing some speed on the stretch out. Theft possibility there. Then the 6 and 7 both look very live. Papa's Boy. And the 7, the big one who comes in from Colonial after facing better. Papa's Boy is taking a drop in class. He was a winner in a really similar spot two starts back. So it will be tough to leave completely out of exotics. But I'm leaning to the 4. I went 4 over 3, 6 and 7. Let's move along to race number five. It's a 5,000 non-winners of three. Six furlongs on the dirt. But this was a pretty wide open race. Speedy G, though, looks like the horse to catch from the outside. I think he's probably the quickest in here if they want to get aggressive. And Jose loves to get aggressive. The two, Robtati Storm, can sit nicely just behind. Robtati Storm is in pretty nice form. You look at the last five races and you kind of dive into each one of them. The four, Ghoster, fits off that last effort. Ghoster's recent form has been against tougher, but against Texas breads at tougher levels. Comes in from Lone Star. The three, Autocratic, should come running late. Don't really mind any of his last three races. They were all pretty good and just ran into horses that were a little bit better. But I don't know if this is as tough of a group as any of his last couple. And then the one where I don't lie... What do you do with him? He's cutting back. He draws the inside. Is he quick enough to get out of trouble from down there? 
And then he's leaving the Broberg barn, which is never a, a positive. It's always hard to claim off a of Broberg. A lot of horses you can use in here. I went seven, two, four on top, and then three and one, just depending on what I want to do with them. In the sixth race, seven and a half furlongs on the turf, Louisiana bred first level allowance runners. The four, Muffin Nuts. Comes out of a productive race on July the 8th. And if we were just playing the common rival game, Muffin Nuts was a runner-up behind Oh My Aching Arch on May the 15th. That was Muffin Nuts' first start of the year. It was also Oh My Aching Arch. But Muffin Nuts has to sit a little behind Oh My Aching Arch. And perhaps in a, a race like this, we could get one or two others to put some pressure on that one. So I'll make sure to use the four and the eight all over the place. They'll be the top two. The two Greeley went west is in excellent form right now. It's really hard to eliminate him from the exotics. If you're looking for a price and a horse that may be able to outrun their odds, for me, it's the nine Johnny's Journey. Has not won over the last couple years, but has some really good efforts where he has been right there against some tough ones. Johnny's Journey, the price play. Let's move to the finale, seventh and final on the Tuesday card there. The six horse to me feels like the one to beat. That's Lou Deal, who's been facing better in the last couple. That May 28th race, the last time he was on the she was on the dirt, was really good. And her overall dirt form is excellent. She took a shot on the turf in her last couple races, but she gets back to the dirt. You can make excuses for a couple starts, one where she got into some trouble right after, another where she was in traffic. Everything else has been pretty solid for her on the dirt. Lou Deal. I will single her in one spot. Also use the four, Tay-Tay's Baby. Coming off a really impressive win last out for Broberg. And the two, Social Date on the cutback. Six with four and two at Louisiana in race number seven. So that's your Tuesday card for Louisiana Downs. Best of luck. Head on out. Make sure to play into the uh, low takeout wagers. If you can't make it out to the track, don't worry. Kick back and I'll be on the broadcast trying to give you some analysis and some information. We'll look at the prices of horses and see what we can find pre and post race there on Tuesday. Our final segment will be the She-Hulk deep dive with Tim Kelly. But before we get into that, we have to talk about a few of the sponsors of That's What She Said podcast. First, one of the longtime sponsors, full-service realtor Cindy Carava. Her website, C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. And as a full-service realtor, she can help you out in many different ways, like buying, selling, leasing. She can connect you with vendors if you're just looking for home improvement, gardeners, landscapers, painters, all sorts of great folks that she's worked with and has experience with using in her own home. If you need help with a home loan, she'll get you connected with the right type of lenders who will start that process and who will make it very easy for you. Cindy is one of the most genuine, kindest people I have ever met. I've known her for over a decade now. She gen- genuinely, truly wants to help you out. She wants to make life easier for you. If you're just curious to see how much your home is worth, she'll do a free market analysis of your home's value. You can find reviews of her on Yelp and Zillow. All the information with listings, projects, and any ways to contact her on that website, C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com. Another 
one of the sponsors that's been with us for a very long time here. And that's what G said, sarahcandles.com. And in the holiday season is coming up, you need to head to Sarah Candles, C-E-R-A, candles.com. Think about Halloween, all the, the pumpkin spices, then Thanksgiving, then Christmas, all the different smells, all the people coming around, all the parties that you'll be having. And sometimes some of those smells aren't great, so you need a candle to help get those bad smells away. These candles are unique. They are all natural, soy wax, no toxins, no carcinogens, no pollutants. They are have they will burn longer for you because of the soy wax. And with the promo code GINO, it'll get you 10% off your purchase. Let's hear a little more about Sarah Candles. So you want to set the mood. You're looking for something all natural. Soy wax, non-toxic maybe. Sense for every season. Now don't be afraid, baby. Just spell it out. C-E-R-A-Candles.com. And don't forget, promo code Gino gets you 10% off. Mm-hmm. We finish this episode with Tim Kelly and She-Hulk, episode 5. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. It's time for the deep dive. We will go scene by scene through everything that happened in episode 5 of She-Hulk. Kick back and enjoy. We'll probably answer some of the questions that you may have been asking. We'll maybe ask a few questions that you weren't even thinking about asking. Tim Kelly joins me for everything She-Hulk, episode 5. It's time to talk episode 5 of She-Hulk. I do have to say, Tim Kelly, who joins me each week... Uh, we had a conversation earlier. He was a little bit upset with the copyright infringement because, Tim, I thought you posted on your Tinder account, Mean Green Important. <laughs> so I know that, you know, they they stole that from you, TK. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're referring to. I, I've never had a Tinder account, sir. <laughs> How are we doing this morning, buddy? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thanks so much. Looking forward so, to uh, to talking about this episode. Yeah, so – this was the one where it really felt to me like I think this would have maybe been a better uh, binge show just because I don't ever mm-hmm. come out of the show disliking it. I'm, I'm never like angry about it. It's never like really upsetting me. It's always a fun, breezy, like easy watch. This week yeah. we had a nice little in um, a nice little uh, kind of teaser at the end to get us ready for next week. But it just was like yeah. a quick episode too, only 30 minutes altogether. Yeah. Just like pretty, like pretty fun, not high level, like world mm-hmm. is going to end circumstances here. What'd you think overall about this week? Yeah, it ended before uh, it even started for me. It was, it was wild. I went to make myself a, a piece of pumpkin pie and then I came back and the, the credits were rolling. I was like, damn, did I really go for that? I, I just went to the next room and was list, listening to it on my first <laughs> it watch. Was short. And the show, the show just ended. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. We're, we're at the end already. It, it kind of felt um, a little bit empty in that regard. It did have a few laughs for me, which I thought were good. Um, developed some new characters, uh, which I liked. I liked the, the relationship between um, uh, Jennifer and uh, Amelia, the uh, the other uh, uh, lawyer at her firm. Or Mallory. I thought that was kind of interesting. Or Mallory. Oh, okay. Yep. Sorry. I'm looking on IMDb. It says Amelia. I don't know what that is. I think it's Mallory. I think it's Mallory, but. <laughs> yeah, um, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um. 
you, you were hitting on a point that I wanted to I'm, – I'm glad. It was one of the top parts of my notes. In this l- recent era of the Disney Plus TV shows, I think they've done a really good job with a lot of the the side characters, the family mm-hmm. members, the friends. Like I, I like Pug and Nikki. I think they yeah, both yeah. come off just kind of funny and like kind of cute, you know. I, I I thought that the Luke Jacobson drip broker character that was obviously that was cool. a play on uh, Edna Mode from the uh, the costume creator from The Incredibles. Um, mm. I, I thought there were just in, in you know you think about back to Miss Marvel and uh, you know Bruno and you know Kamala's family and her friends they were all good. I think they've hit a lot of the the characters, the side characters really yeah. well. And, and this was the episode where I, I felt that way too. Like Mallory book was a good character, both Nikki yeah. and pug, they had their thing going on. And then you introduce this new drip broker who just, you feel like he, he had a great right off the bat. He sort of steals <laughs> the scene. He's like ribbing on her. He's like, Oh my God, where did these hags come from? So yeah, lots of little positives, but I, I agree with what you're saying. There's not one big conflict. There's not one big bad. There's not like, one overarching theme that feels like it's a major conflict it's it's more the conflict that jennifer's dealing with herself between herself and then the she-hulk character yeah it's definitely about uh i think i think her journey right now is kind of accepting herself and she's getting a lot of mixed messages from the outside world about her value uh as as uh, jennifer walters uh and, and with that it's like um you know she she's got this newfound confidence as She-Hulk, but it's almost like working against her because it's making her feel more insecure about, you know, herself, about Jennifer. And uh, it, it was really sad to see that in, in the scene, um, you know, in the, the court scene. The end of the lawyer, yeah. When... Yeah, it felt, it, it was it was, it was was rough. Uh, you could see it on her face and she did a really good job with the performance there. Um, but yeah, that, that's the big antagonist right now is kind of uh, the... Her, her own self-image. Uh, I don't think, you know, it, Titania is really the big bad. She's well, no, she's she feels- a, an antagonist, but she's 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 kind of like low level. She's low state. I know, she feels really unimportant. That's what I was saying. She's an influencer, valley girl type, Kardashian type, you know. Yeah. But she doesn't feel like, you know, we're five episodes through now, halfway through with four more remaining, and she's not someone who feels formidable. Right. right, she's kind of like a joke. She's like an annoyance character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, more than anything. So it'll be interesting to see what happens that, or who who was the boss that was trying to get the blood from her. Right? Is that someone yeah. that we go back to? We've heard things God. about possibly the leader. Right? You know, um, things like yeah. that from the early Incredible Hulk movie. And I'm, I think Jamil Jamil does a good job. But it was funny because she was so yeah. promoted, like such a big part of this show. And like up until yeah. this episode, she hadn't really even had that much to do. Um, it's funny you said that. I had a friend who I was telling about the show, and he thought that Jamila Jamil was She Hulk. I did too. Yeah. I mean, like the, some of the first initial things that came out, I was like, "Oh, it's Jamila," and then I realized, "Oh no, she's the antagonist." But yeah. I, honestly, I think a lot of what they done, what they've done is, which is a smart thing, they've actually had her play, sort of play this character in real life. They've had Jamila Jamil. Yeah. They've given her a social media account that said, like, uh, Titania. They've given her an Instagram account and a Twitter account. And they've had her go places and, like, spray paint buses that have the She-Hulk poster on them. You know, and do things to cause a scene to get some social media awareness. But 
she hadn't even really been in the show all that much until this episode. So, yeah, I am. Um, yeah, we're still trying to figure out who exactly our big bad is. But the one thing we know for sure, spoiler alert, Daredevil is coming. <laughs> we saw the helmet yes. uh, for uh, for Daredevil that was being made by Luke Jacobson, the designer. Yeah. And it looks like we've got a new color scheme coming for our guy. Mm-hmm. The OG, yeah, yellow, the gold. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, uh, that's how Daredevil made his debut in the comics. And it'll be really cool to see him in the MCU proper uh, and with that look and to see how they reboot the character. Because um, I do get the sense from interviews and the way they've treated it thus far that they're going to do kind of a soft reboot. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to hold on to maybe again. some aspects. Yeah, that's the, that's the name of the, the new series that they're going to have with them. And I think that uh, that's a little bit of a nod to how I think they're going to approach it. Uh, in that they're probably going to have some things um, that they hold on to from the previous series, but it seems like they're not going to be married to anything and they're going to have a fresh start for, uh, you know, the same actors in in a slightly new version of of that role, of those roles. Looking forward to that quite a bit. And we didn't get a post-credit scene, but we did get something that popped up in the credits that got a lot of people talking. In, towards the back end of the credits, we were still getting the um, the like comic courtroom sketch style yeah. credits, and there's one scene where Pug, who we come to learn is a a, a shoe collector, loves the yeah. loves the limited edition shoes. He actually has in the background you can see some of his collection, and he has all of his shoes placed in little shelves. And some of the shoes that you can point out in there are that are limited edition collections: Frogman, mm-hmm. Captain America, X Men, Deadpool, Green Goblin, Vision, Magneto, Black Panther, The Thing, Cyclops, Hulk, yeah. Falcon, Nova, Quicksilver, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Thor, Spider Man, Moon Knight, Doctor Strange. There's a lot that we haven't even seen yeah. in this world yet. Yeah, that's pretty major, and a lot of X Men, a lot of mm-hmm. mutants, a lot of you know previously unseen. Uh, heroes in there i mean i was really excited to see the deadpool design uh in there i mean i know we all know it's coming we talk about it frequently uh but that's just one that you know i'm itching to see how they approach it in mcu so folks don't worry if you can't afford avengers merch tim kelly and i have some (laughs) avengers merch for you and some avengers some avengers yeah for the avengers (laughs) merch as uh we get into our scene-by-scene deep dive of episode five of She-Hulk, Mean Green, and Straight Poured Into These Jeans. <laughs> <laughs> we kick it off Love it. with the previously on, and then we we uh, yeah we, be, we, begin, we begin with the previously on, and then we kick things off with the Marvel Studios intro. And right off the bat, it's an ad for Titania. On, it's a commercial. So the first couple seconds, Jen's watching TV, an ad pops up for Titania, and it's her new beauty line commercial. Strength is beauty. Beauty is strength. What makes you beautiful? She-Hulk by Titania. Be strong. Be beautiful. Own who you are. She-Hulk by Titania. <laughs> it, it, I love the wording pretty, there, the own who you are. Very on, it's the, a on pretty the nose. Good, I was going to say, it's a good take on this. Like, it's a funny yeah. uh, parody of it. And apparently... I actually didn't really know this, but just in sort of reading, like Jamila Jamil has been very outspoken against a lot of these type of beauty ads in in general. And she's someone who Mm. 
who doesn't really like the images that are created by a lot of ads and stuff, and she's been outspoken about this. So I thought it's funny that she was one that has to play this parody character that's like a real yeah. play on like all of the beauty cosmetic stuff. You know, she's selling yeah. all these different products that are the same thing. She's actually selling snake oil at one point, right. which is a play on yeah. the old snake they oil out. salesman's. Um, yeah. So, I love her her uh, her take on it too. It's it's like to a T that Kim Kardashian voice. The way she says "thank you," like it, it was spot on. So I got to give her props for that. It's so inauthentic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's just sort of what it comes off as. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I um I thought Jamila Jamil does a good job because she was a little worried about her American accent too, what she was saying. But I think she she hits it really really well. Yeah. And then, hey. I, Jamila, you know, if if you want to pay, if you're paying money for, you know, podcast ads, I'm down. We'll get you a read on this <laughs> podcast if you want. She has a pod, she's got a podcast read up on the, the Law 360's pod. Jen's just driving in her car and all of a sudden on her on her yeah. Law podcast, a commercial comes on for She-Hulk by Titania. She actually sees a billboard driving down, I think it was Sunset Boulevard right here in L.A. And she sees a <laughs> boulevard right up there, so... She is becoming overwhelmed with Titania everywhere, so much so that Cousin Chet even wants to try to make a buck off of uh, the She-Hulk Titania products. Cousin Chet just bursts into her house, which I mean, she's got to close these doors, right? Lock the door? Like, Chet just, Chet just busts yeah. in here. and um, Foreshadowing, maybe? Yeah, and she's <laughs> eating, and Chet... Says, hey, look, I'm making a killing selling all these signed She-Hulk products. They love you. The people <laughs> love She-Hulk. So I need your John Hancock. And uh, she says, look, th- those don't have anything to do with me. This girl, Titania, she trademarked my name. And Chet's like, why would you let her do that? Stonery Chet <laughs> comes in and mansplains yeah. to this lawyer about trademark law. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jen, the way trademarks work, whoever <laughs> gets there first gets it <laughs> so if you wouldn't have if you would have done and she's thank you i appreciate it so yeah ched mansplains and we we sort of know what jen needs to do this episode she's gonna have to deal mm-hmm. with titania and try to work on getting this name she hulk back which is sort of a funny position she's in right because she's hated this name all along she didn't really want it yeah. but she realized she was just gonna going to have to embrace it because everyone was calling her that and then she started mm-hmm. sort of to like it a little bit. And now yeah. And now she's got to go in and defend it. So she's been in That's just interesting a too. It, yeah, and it it kind of echoes um the journey that I was kind of talking about, the challenges that Jennifer's facing right now is kind of accepting Jennifer. Uh but she's already gone through that process and we're going to explore that in this episode of that she's already kind of come to terms with accepting she-Hulk as herself. Now it's a, she's kind of flipped it. Now she has to accept Jennifer because She-Hulk is getting all this great attention. So I thought that was an interesting way to, to kind of flip the dynamic on the character, but it, in, its, in essence, remain the same. We had the title screen that comes up, She-Hulk by Titania, which uh, was good. They even infiltrated the, yeah. title, uh, the title card there. And we go to the Grove. Been here a couple yeah. times, TK. Um, yeah, my and... wife used to work there over at yeah. the uh, Umami Burger. <laughs> nice. And there's a little pop-up beauty product store that's titled She-Hulk by Titania. I think I went to like the Save by the Bell pop-up there, or one of those types of o- nice. over there. And 
Nikki and Jen are there to go talk to Titania. What's funny though is Nikki's kind of a fan of Titania, like and the She-Hulk yeah. products. She's, yeah. She follows her online and she like is looking through some of the magazines and stuff. So he, Nikki knows that Jen doesn't really like Titania, so she doesn't. She tries to keep it away from Jen yeah, a little bit. She keeps it low key. But yeah. you know she'll mention things all the time. You know like. Uh, Jen says beauty oil, beauty serum, beauty tonic. How are these all not the same thing? Nikki's like, oh, are you kidding me? They're completely different. So, you know, she's <laughs> defending the products as Jen. Funny with says, that too. Uh, you know, we watch the new new rock stars a lot. Uh, their, their recap. There's um, I forget uh, her name, but there's a, a girl doing it now. A woman's doing it now. And she she corroborated that specifically. She was like, "Yep, that's actually true." I was nice. like, "Okay, I'll take your word for it." <laughs> nice. As um, yeah, she made makes a point about calling her a snake oil salesman because there's venom lip plumper. She's literally sna- selling snake yeah. oil. <laughs> so Jen approaches Titania, who's at the front of this big line. She's signing p- uh, pictures of herself and autographs. And she says, I'm sorry, little child, but the line starts way back there. Jen and Titania yeah. get into it. Jen says, look, I don't want to cut. I want I want you to stop. Take all of this down. You're using my name to sell your trashy products, and you're suing me. Titania calls her Jennifer. Get over it, Jennifer. The name She-Hulk is mine. This next moment, these are the things that I love, and it made me <laughs> laugh really hard about like this series in, in general. This random fan walks up and sort of pushes her way up the line. She wants to take a picture with Titania. And as Jen is arguing with Titania, she asks Jen to take the picture. She's like, excuse me, can you just take this picture of us? (laughs) And Jen actually stops to take the picture. Nikki's like, why would you do that? Jen's like, I'll just take one. She kind of feels like that type of person. You know, she's a lawyer. She wants to do things the right way. She really does seem like she has a good moral compass and she's driven that way. She's the type yeah. of lady that's up at 10 o'clock on Friday night doing her work. You know, she, yeah. she's like got a good heart. She's kind of a dork. And it, it was just funny for me that the random person pushes her out of the way and she's okay to take their picture. <laughs> yeah, she, she lets people walk all over her in, in, in a way. So that's an interesting aspect of her character that uh, we can see some progress on throughout the series. So Jen is back at the office now with Nikki and they're, they're brainstorming here. I can't believe she stole my name. Said, I, you know, it's just what people decided to call me. It's not who I am. I'm still Jennifer Walters. She-Hulk is just a thing that happened to me. Did I admit there are parts that I enjoy, like the amazing hair, no hangover, walking home with headphones on without being afraid. But I'm not a different person who needs a different name. Nikki asks if she's still mad about the name She-Hulk. And Jen says no. But as we look up, we can see Jen is definitely frustrated because she's crushing her stapler. She's almost broke. It's almost broken. She doesn't even realize the grip that she has. So, yeah, this is, you know, in really talking it out and going through it. I don't know if throughout a lot of this series there is going to be this obvious criminal. A lot of the issues Mm -hmm. in here feel like the struggles that Jen has that are much different than the struggles that Bruce had. As a Hulk, because she's someone that's able to go back and forth from it. And I think as a woman dealing with it, she's dealing with different issues than Bruce. Yeah, definitely. And I think in a way that it it all kind of echoes the Hulk's uh, dynamic, too, because um, the Hulk, his major conflict is within. Um, So 
in this case, we're seeing, um, you know, Jennifer's conflict is within. It's a little bit different. She doesn't have to control her rage, and she's not worried that she's going to destroy everything. But she's got a she's got her own dip, uh, insecurities and um, and other uh, aspects that she just needs to work on with her personality and, and, and improve uh, and just improve her self esteem. And, and generally, I think mm-hmm. that's one of the big aspects of it. It's just coming into her own. So it's this internal struggle that both characters share, even though they're a little bit different in the way it plays out. So out uh, at the office, Nikki walks back to her desk. She's looking through the She-Hulk magazine by Titania or the website. Nikki's a fan of hers. She says, why does she have to charge so much? Because she's smart, Nikki. That's why she's rich and you're broke. And Pug walks up. And Pug is just so likable. He's such a cornball, but like he's not like a – you just – you're like, hey, like – I want to be around this guy. He's like a great guy to have around you. And he comes up and he says, hey, Nikki. um," Or he says, what's happening, Nick? Um, (laughs) I love that they're so brutally honest with each other too, which I love. Like he says, what's happening? And she goes, I'm just talking to myself. (laughs) He says, I can pretend I'm here for a friendly visit, but I need a favor. And she says, okay, you know my price. Return favor plus interest. (laughs) which is just great you know and um he says okay stand in line with me for a sneaker drop iron man threes are coming out they're limited to one pair per customer i need one to rock and one to stock she says okay so you're telling me you collect shoes to look at that you're never gonna wear i respect that (laughs) he just sort of shrugged yeah she would too yeah (laughs) yeah and um then pug you know pug says i'm not gonna and I'm kind of a big deal around here. People know me. I've got a drip broker. You know, I've got some rare <laughs> yeah. limited editions. She says, wait. He kind of whispers it too. He's like, drip Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. says, what? He says, yeah, I got a guy, Alonzo, the drip broker. He can find anything you're looking for fashion-wise. And then <laughs> Nikki starts playing along too. She starts kind of being quiet. Can the drip broker find someone who could do cl- custom clothing for, say, a superhuman size person. Pug comes back. No, no doubt. And um, but then Nikki says, "Okay, I'm gonna call in my favor right now." And Pug says, "You haven't even done my favor." And she she tells him, "I'm gonna let you slide on the interest." And he yeah. says, "Okay." I, this was such a silly little interaction, but it was make it made yeah. me smile the whole way through. Like I love these two. I liked it. I liked it a lot too. It was character driven. It felt um, natural the way that they interacted with each other. It's a great and I, I like, I liked Pugs. Um, just it, the characterization here. Uh, I was a little bit unsure about what this character is uh, early on, and I was very suspicious of him. I thought maybe they were gonna angle a dark side on him. Now I think I got got my guard down a little bit. I think that they're that they've just created kind of a, an interesting character. He's got a little bit of swag. He's a nice guy. Uh, and I think there's just interesting aspects of him, which actually make him feel like a more fully fleshed uh, human being, as opposed to just like this cartoon character Completely kind of a, a deal. He yeah. feels real more than just like compare him to the Dennis guy who's like a parody. Right. Like this guy yeah. feels like a real guy now. He's yeah. got his shoes stuff going on and he's got some insecurities here that he's telling us about. Right. Like it's just a real person. And yeah, the, the actor does a good job too. I I gotta say, I do. Talks I agree for that completely. So he tells her, 
You're right, Slick Nick, Slick Nick. Like, I love his nicknames, too. They're just yeah. so corny. And um, Jen is watching a video of Titania on social media. This was another one of these things that I loved. Titania calls her fans the Titaniacs, which yeah. is such a wrestling thing. You know, like the Hulkamaniacs. Yeah. That was Hulk Hogan and all of his the followers. When I used to joke, um, I wrote a paper when I was a kid and talked about how I wanted to be a wrestler when I was at St. Luke's and my <laughs> followers were called the genotypes. <laughs> the, the nice. <laughs> <laughs> all of the millions and millions of genotypes out there That's that are amazing. chanting my name. So I just, I love this right here. No I'll, doubt. About I'd it. be a genealogist. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nicely done TK. So nice yeah, this, this made me chuckle for sure. As Jen breaks the fourth wall, just to let us know how over this, she is. Um, okay, Nikki and Pug, they've got their mission. So they have to go to, to the drip brokers, but it's not, it's not just like you're walking into this clothing store. It has to be a front. So they walk up, and it's actually a boba cafe where they arrive. And when Pug gets there, he asks the barista, uh, hey, how you doing? My, my guy Alonzo sent me. And the barista's like, oh, what's, what's your order? I don't know who Alonzo <laughs> is. What's going on? And Pug's like, no, Alonzo, the drip broker, he sent me for the superhero stuff. He's just coming out with it. And the guy's like, uh, this is a this is a Wendy, sir. Yeah, this is a Boba <laughs> Cafe. You know? yeah. What's going on here? So then Nikki, in like a very racist, just starts speaking Chinese, Mandarin. <laughs> and he's like, what is that, Chinese? I'm not Chinese. <laughs> and yeah. Nikki's like, uh, I just said we're not cops. My 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 bad. And then she's like, ah, oh, damn, I feel real a lot of shame. I, th I think I just offended you. So him. much shame. I, yeah. I, I, and, but the barista says, okay, come on back. He actually has all this bootleg Avengers yeah. stuff that's not even Avengers. It's Avengers. It's Avengers. Total knockoff T-shirts, hats, Thor's hammer, all of this stuff. He tells them, what do you need? I've got everything. Captain American shield, Thor hammer, Avengers T-shirt. Nikki says, this says Avengers. And I don't know why it just reminded me of the line of Chenandler Bong. Like with yes. what's on what's on Chandler's <laughs> on the magazine. On the magazine. Yeah, yeah. yeah what it yeah, comes yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> like the way that he said it too, or the way she said it with Avengers and <laughs> Avengers. Um and and then Pug's like, you know what? I kind of like this. So <laughs> they know what they have to do. They have to buy a couple things here in order to get the information they want from this guy. So, so, so it's a little barter here, right? We'll, we'll purchase some of your swag, but you tell us where we need to find the real drip broker. Yeah. So they walk out and they look so touristy. It's pretty funny with yeah. t-shirt, hammer, like hats on. We see them in the elevator going, making their way up to try to uh, go to the, the drip brokers. And they're just, they literally look like they would be at a Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> and they look like. They look like, you know, when someone comes over, like when Asian people come over and they take pictures of everything and they have the whole thing. That's exactly what they, I mean, they're dressed like, like they're going to whatever yeah. place they're going to, you know, like they will yeah. use the forks and everything to show that they're not using chops. It's just, it, they look hilarious it, right here. And the drip broker can see them because he's, there's a camera right outside of his door. And so immediately he sees them. He's like, oh, hell no, no, yeah. no, no. 
you guys are not coming in. Uh, but Nikki is able to kind of talk their way into at least an appointment. She says, I need you to make uh, clothing for my client. Titania referred me. And he said, no, I saw you guys shrug. Said yeah. Nikki says, listen, actually, my client is an Avenger. And Pug chimes in. She's one of the top tier ones, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what does that even mean at this I point? Know. I know. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, so the the voice agrees. 15-minute consultation. My assistant will set up the appointment. And uh, so they start celebrating. They're dancing. I can still see you. <laughs> okay. So part one of their uh, mission is complete. They have, they have at least a consultation with this uh, clothing designer so they can hopefully help get Jen some better uh, some better yeah. swag. Because she's she's not looking great in that uh, in that big suit. Now we check in with Jen. She's actually sitting in the office with the, her boss, Mr. Holloway. He asks her, "Why did I pass a billboard on Santa Monica Boulevard today advertising a She-Hulk booty boost smoothie?" <laughs> and she's Holloway. I got to point out Holloway in this scene is very cool. Like he's sitting there at the beginning of the scene, he's just like eating peanuts or something. Like oh, I know. very slowly, just like letting the silence just hang over them. Not in like he's being a and and a dick of a boss, but in like a, yeah. an even more assholeish way yeah. because like you say he's so slow about everything. Like just get to the point and yell at her or like yeah. punish her. And she says, "Well, no, that's not actually me. That never that name was never really mine. Everyone in the media just started calling me that. But this incredibly awful, slightly super powered woman, uh, and Holloway interrupts her. Says, "Look, that's none of my concern." GLKNH made She-Hulk the face of our superhuman law division, and now we find ourselves in the middle of a frivolous lawsuit. No one hires a firm that can't handle its own messes, and Jen says that she's going to fix this, but Holloway says, no, you won't. Now, this is something I've learned recently watching Ally McBeal. As, uh, they, you never want to represent yourself. The judges do not like that at all. It comes off like cocky and snide, so even if you are the greatest lawyer in the world, in your own case, you do not want to represent yourself. So she needs to go get help from Mallory Book. This is when uh, Mallory and Jen kind of go over her case a little bit. But you were right, oh, man. Really? Holloway, Holloway seemed mm-hmm. like he was really upset. And obviously he he feels like he's probably got something to do with some of the bad stuff when we yeah. get there at some point, right? I wouldn't be surprised. He seems like a very nefarious character and somebody who's pretty uncaring about people. I could absolutely see him being a villain. I also wanted to point out real quick is uh, uh, Jennifer's kind of incompetent in in this regard. Like they in this, in this, ser- in this episode, she felt the most. Yeah. That she well, has, yeah. Like, right. Like she was totally caught off guard. Like, like when she was mansplained to at the beginning, it's almost like deserved because it's like, yeah, you're a lawyer. You should be on top of this. Like why, mm-hmm. why should you have the opportunity to mansplain this thing to you? You should be on top of it. You're top of your game kind of thing. Um, but maybe that's that's a little bit of a, a minor quibble just because it's like it's IP stuff. It's, it, you know, she probably just never thought about like the value of her name or something like that. I, I, I don't know. I, I could write that off a little bit. But then when you compound that with it, no, she was pretty much going to represent herself. And she went, told her no. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she went and confronted Titania, Titania, like in person, which would be a big no, no. If you had like a, a legal tell you to do if someone was suing you. Absolutely. Yeah, don't say anything. So, like, those are major 
uh, issues flag. for red flags for for a, a lawyer to do that you would, you would point out and be like, yeah, you're you're not so great at this job, at, at least not as good as you think you are. I think it kind of comes down to the writing a little bit. That's a little bit of um an oversight by the writers, maybe. Uh, I, I I think the writers really want to make Jennifer like a very competent lawyer, and I think that this might be just like a little bit of a, a mistake. But maybe it's a an effort to make her a little bit more um r- real kind of to our my point before like to give her layers you know she's not perfect so maybe she has room to improve in in, in uh, the law department um but you know time will tell we'll, we'll see how the writers are approaching the character over time but yeah i was a little bit thrown off by that and again when she sits down with mallory they start mm-hmm. talking about her case and mallory says i'm surprised and relieved you aren't foolish enough to try to yeah. represent yourself at least you know that basic rule I'm taking this on as a professional courtesy, but moving forward, we are not colleagues. I'm the attorney. You're the client. Jen agrees. And Mallory asks, why didn't you trademark your pseudonym? I never thought I had to do it. Why would I? Did Doctor Strange? Did Thor? She says, you chose two examples of people who use their real names. (laughs) Jen, this is where it was like, come on, Jen. This is something you would know for sure. Like, you would have pointed this out uh, to, to your client. Mallory then Pulls up a photo of Titania. This part actually made me laugh. The just the way that it was done, because she Mallory's mm-hmm. looking on her computer, and she says to Jen, "This is the person who legally outmaneuvered you." And then <laughs> she shows a picture shows of her. Titania. Yeah. She's wearing this hat that is so absurd. It yeah. is so absurd. This hat. It is so big. It is half the size of Titania's body. No joke. Yeah. It is like. <laughs> It's insane. It's one of those things that you'd see someone wear and be like, what the hell are they wearing? And and that's and she's actually she's like in a, a peacock cosplay. She's got yeah. like peacock that's what she looks like for sure. Feathers and everything going on. And, and Jen is so embarrassed. Yeah. Um, and Mallory is just showing her the screen like to, to only to shame her in that moment. Not, <laughs> that's like the only reason she's doing that. Just want to make sure this is the woman that outsmarted yeah. you. <laughs> Yeah, just so you know, I'm better than you. You're you're less than me. Let's let's make that clear. So Mallory says, we need to show strength countersue. Establish that you were using the name in professional capacity before the trademark date. Titania is profiting off name recognition already established in the marketplace. She said, if you're going to be my client, dress like you respect yourself and not like a (laughs) football player pleading no contest to a DUI. (laughs) Which is a great line. <laughs> it's good, yeah. Such a good because those guys don't wear suits often, and they don't have suits. And a lot of the football players, their bodies are so big that yeah. they can't have they they don't get these specially tailored suits to fit their size. So the sizing's all off. It's either way too baggy or it's too tight because <laughs> they're too tall. And so it was just a really fun, like nice little tidbit of a line there from yeah. Mallory. Um, and and then following that. Uh, we we actually hear not long after Titania make a a comment about uh about Nikki uh, about Mallory but um excuse me about Jen I'm, I was zero for three there because I was looking at uh Nikki was the one that was eavesdropping of this conversation Nikki Nikki's like listening in as Jen and uh, Mallory are getting all prepped for the case and mm-hmm. Mallory says look can you help her get dressed and uh. That's when Mallory lets her know. That's when uh, Mallory is letting know that there, is, on fact, there okay. is in fact an appointment made. They already have 
uh, a consultation to get some new digs for the She-Hulk. And we need that because Titania calls her Shrek, which is not not yeah. not, not nice. <laughs> that was a rough uh, one. So we had to court. in open court too. Uh, that was a, yeah. that was the thing. I was like, man, if the judge heard that, would she? Right? That might be some contempt or something right there. That's a that's abusive language, I'd say. So we had to court for uh, our first hearing uh, in this copyright case, and the bailiff says, "All rise. Court is in session." Titania's lawyer says, "Your Honor, we move to dismiss this frivolous lawsuit." My client owns the trademark She-Hulk. Miss Book may enjoy wasting the court's time, but you can be certain that I do not. The judge then asks Miss Book, Mallory, for her uh, response. I gotta say, you can tell pretty quickly, like, Mallory's a good freaking lawyer. Like, she's yeah. she's mean, you know, she's mean to Jen, but she's very, like, eloquent. And so she has eloquent. immediate yeah. responses <laughs> for everything. Like, she describes the situations in a perfect way. Like, yeah, there's a reason why she's a big time lawyer. Yeah, I thought uh, Renee Ellis Goldsberry uh, from Hamilton did did a fantastic job with this. Uh, just even like the way she like, talked with her hands a little bit in certain ways to to um, to, to specify certain words and, the and way really she showed the them. exhibits or like, hey, we yeah. have this here. Like it was. It felt really? like a like a, like a super slick lawyer. Like that's how it came across. Like so she nailed the character. Really well done here. Now, Mallory says, as you will see, there are no issues of fact that would require proceeding to trial. Since the first public appearance of Jennifer Walters in the Hulk form, the public has unanimously identified her with the name She-Hulk. In fact, the name had never even been recorded in public discourse until that debut. We also have a number of news items and broadcast quotes I'd like to enter. Simply put, the defendant is exploiting goodwill towards my client and her better known cousin, in order to sell non-FDA-approved sham products. We asked the court to grant our motion for summary judgment and order our requested remedies. So really, really well done by Mallory. Short, (laughs) sweet, concise, everything they need right there. Titania responds, sham? Why don't you try telling that to the thousands (laughs) of testimonials from my fans who have had nothing but amazing results with my exclusive line of She-Hulk foot exfoliants, which I just so happen to have a little sample of and offer into evidence thanks you so she puts the the foot exfoliant into evidence and the the judge is like no we don't need it let's stay on track here so titania's lawyer jumps in what my client's trying to say is that she hulk miss walters was not interested in the she hulk name until it became associated with this incredibly successful line of products so titania's lawyer plays a video and this was one of the times when jen was called She-Hulk, and she said, that's not my name. Get out of here. She was walking yeah. out of the prison when everyone was you know, trying to ask questions, and she denied being She-Hulk. So they're trying to, to use this as the basis for their case, whereas Mallory and Jen have the interview from the news that was more recent where Jen actually said, hey, look, some random guy on the news came up with it. It stuck. And now whether or not I like it, I am forever She-Hulk. So they both seem to have a piece of evidence that shows that on Jen's side, she embraced the name. And then on the opposite side, she denounced the name. So it does seem like they do have a case here because both sides seems like they have some some evidence to present. Yeah, I think it's so funny how in both instances, she says never and forever. Like she's very like, 
100% about it in either direction. Right. So very I will much never be She-Hulk, and now yeah. I am forever She-Hulk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's it's kind of too perfect the way that it, it cancels itself out there. Uh, but it creates a great opportunity, which we'll see shortly, to revisit some some more old characters and some more things that we've uh, we've seen in a previous episode. Uh, we get to see her dating lineup once again, which I thought was uh, a pleasant surprise. Didn't yep. expect that. So now the judge tells him, okay, you have to prove a pattern of Miss Walter's personal use of the name. We'll recess until Thursday. So they have a couple days to try to now prove that Jen's been using this name out in the public. So they, uh, Nikki and Jen arrive for their fitting. They're at Luke's, the fashion designer in Edna Mode-esque. If you've seen The Incredibles, the the, the designer who's like, Critiquing everyone, everything. How much weight have you put on? Okay, seriously, you know, just everything is about the fashion, is about the design. Fashion is life. And when when Nikki mm-hmm. and Jen walk in, Jen is She Hulk. When she walks in, he says, "Oh my God, is the Hag convention in town?" <laughs> and and uh, wow. Yeah, so brutal right off the bat. <laughs> Nick, Nikki introduces them, says this is She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters. Luke says, I've never heard of you. My client list is very exclusive because my work is impeccable. Now, Nikki keeps pushing the point that Jen is an Avenger. Well, like I told you before, she's going to be one of the Avengers. He says, I thought you said she was one. Well, Nikki's defending. Well, it hasn't been announced yet. They're still working out the deal, but but she is, which is kind of funny because that, that's like a real life thing, you know? She Hulk is going to be a new Avenger now. She's, and yeah. they've recently said at D, the D23 that they just don't know the specifics of exactly when she's going to show back up yet because they're like workshopping some of those movies. But it'll probably mm-hmm. be in uh, Avengers. I think it's Avengers Five. Is that what's what's going to be one of them? Or there's there's going to be a, mm-hmm. a couple movies coming up that she will be a part of, and they're they're workshopping it. So they always like to throw in little uh little like meta. Yeah. Uh, quotes um, here And she was an Avenger in the comics too So it works on that level as well Nikki says she's going to be a megastar The Hulk is her cousin I like the fact that Luke even asks By blood? He said yeah <laughs> And Jen says look I just want you to make me a new suit Luke asks what kind of superheroing do you do? Need any built in weaponry? Waterproofing? Fire resistant? She says no no I just need a business suit Luke is a little confused Everything I make stands up to the highest combat standards. I don't make basic shit. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she says, well, I don't need any of that. I'm I'm a lawyer. And he's, oh, that's cute. That's cute. This is a waste of my time and my talents. Get out of (laughs) here. But Nikki's kind of smart on this. Nikki can tell that this guy seems to be motivated by ego. He's very Mm -hmm. self-absorbed. He thinks he's the greatest. He thinks he can do everything. He thinks very highly of his work. So Nikki says to him, she challenges him a little bit. Okay, she needs a suit that will fit her both as Jen and as She-Hulk. That's something that requires a lot of talent. And Mm -hmm. she actually asks Jen to show him. Jen, show him. Jen goes down all the way down to Jen's size and then all the way back up to She-Hulk's size. And this seems to really interest Luke. Seeing yeah. the transition in the work that he's going to have to do now, he Challenge. feels like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he he wants to do it now. Yeah. 
I, I cracked up at his line here at the end too. When he talks about needing more fabric. Like that, oh, yeah. that, that's what's my laugh out loud moment of, of uh, this episode. And thankfully these last couple episodes, I've had at least like one or two, like laugh out loud, funny moments and not just kind of like, Oh, that's funny. That's, you know, this kind of a little bit of a chuckle myself. Order extra bolts of the stretch wool. We're going to need a <laughs> lot of fabric. You know, the way yeah. emphasizing it a lot. And, uh, Jen and Nikki leave and Jen asks, why was he so mean? As uh, <laughs> Nikki says, in fashion, it's cool to be mean. <laughs> so yeah. they're back in the office now. They've just walked back up into sort of like the lobby area of the of their law office. And Jen notices Todd, one of the guys that she went on a date with, mm. one of those awkward Tinder dates. He's actually meeting with Mallory, which is kind of funny because – we never find out more about this, Tim. What? Why was he there initially? There, well, he's a client. I, I think they say that, right? Yeah, he's a client like, of Mallory's, what, but we don't know what, is what, he dealing with? what case yeah. he's dealing with or what he's meeting with Mallory about. Because there seems like there's a, there's something more to this Todd guy, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he, well, he seems like he's he's an important person uh, in in the greater world. Like uh, he's a very rich guy. From the, playboy know, kind of, of Tony Starkish playboy kind of guy. Yeah, maybe he's kind of an anti Tony Stark. Um, maybe a, a lesser Justin Hammer, even. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. He. I wonder if he's um, maybe even like related to somebody. I think I saw it floated that he like. What if it's based on this character that was uh, Doctor Doom's son? Uh, maybe some type of a um, uh, nepotism type uh, rich, rich, rich kid kind of thing. Yeah, like, I, there, I don't know. I could see that being very interesting. There's definitely something there with Todd because he was asking her questions on the date about her blood, talking about her being a hmm. specimen. And yeah. now he shows up here with Mallory, meeting with Mallory, and we don't know what about. But Jen and him have this awkward interaction like you would have with someone after a, an awkward date. It's like, hey, it's you. How's it going? Yeah, and what's funny yeah. is Jen is so, like, for a good look. She's a freaking superhero, right, in here. Right. And and when she's not a superhero, she's a really good-looking, smart woman. But she is not confident in herself whatsoever to where she's still, like, bumbling around this guy. And she yeah. she even says, oh, my God, he's so creepy and disgusting. And then he walks up, and she's like, hi, Todd. <laughs> and she's all nice to him, and he even makes yeah. a comment about, you know, we should reconnect soon. And she says, absolutely, that would be great. <laughs> and Nikki even makes fun of her after. She's like, yeah. damn, you rolled over quickly, so quickly, but the drinks are on him. You know, she's like, <laughs> um, so Todd is just a total, total snoss. He says, yeah. <laughs> I'm here uh, meeting with my favorite lady lawyer, and he kind of touches Mallory on the shoulder and she says no touching, <laughs> but he's always he's just cheesy, smiling, and he's got his glasses on, and he just looks like he thinks he's so freaking cool. Yeah, and he, what was he drinking there too? There was some kind of like ostentatious drink that he I had know. going on too that he was drinking from a straw, very awkwardly. Um, but while while trying to look cool, it, it, it was very funny on its own, uh, but also. Like you kind of alluded to, like what is going on with this guy? It makes you wonder uh, if there's some greater connection to the universe that he he's got. Uh, is he maybe related to the antagonist or even the main antagonist of the show? I just can't help but but 
think that he he's got some connection there. So Jen and Nikki are now out front. They're eating lunch. She, Jet. I will say a lot of these two, like they feel like they're friends. Mm-hmm. Like th- th- their yeah. interactions feel very natural, feel very genuine. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would, I could see myself at the office, like hanging out front with you, eating on the bench like this, talking like they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it just yeah, sort of yeah. seems like very real. And Nikki says, you looked at that guy's dating profile and you were like, yeah, I'll give him a couple precious hours of my life. Chad <laughs> says, and I sat across. No, She-Hulk sat across from him for an entire dinner. Nikki says, yeah, and he's telling all his friends, yo, bro, I went on a date with She-Hulk. <laughs> and that's Eureka. Jen's got it now. She says, oh, my God, he went on a date with She-Hulk. She says, I made a dating profile as She-Hulk. I went on several dates as She-Hulk, showing a clear pattern of me using the name. Every single one of those dates is a corroborating witness. This is how I win the case. She's starting to realize what she's <laughs> going to have to do to win the yeah. case. And Nikki, Nikki interrupts by parading all the questionable men you dated in a courtroom. Shen, that's going to be embarrassing. She says, yeah, but (laughs) that's why we love Jen. She's willing to, uh, she's willing to embarrass herself as, um, this episode in particular too, I was noticing there was like no fluff at all, Mm -hmm. which, which is a good thing. You know, sometimes like there are things in an episode where it's like, ah, we didn't really need that. They, there was two. Like, there aren't just Jen showing up somewhere for nothing to kill three minutes. I mean, we literally go from boom to what's next to what's next to what's next, like all in a row, chronologically. There isn't a whole lot of bouncing back and forth between this case and this case or the A and the B. It's pretty linear. Mm -hmm. Like, even our A and our B storylines move in a pretty linear way in this particular episode. Every scene points us towards uh, what happens in the next scene and motivates, you know, what happens uh, moving forward. So I think, yeah, it is really tight uh, with the writing in that regard. And that's another reason why it feels like such a quick watch, you know, because there's just everything's moving forward. It's not like taking a little bit of a detour off to the side. Now they're back in court and Mallory tells the judge, your honor, we have compelling evidence that my client did, in fact, self-identify with the moniker She-Hulk. Well before Titania filed for the trademark, judge asks her to proceed. Again, Mallory just looking and sounding fantastic. So she stands up. My client used She-Hulk not as a name to exploit in order to sell a product, but as a genuine part of her identity. They pull up a, a uh, I guess, an an, uh, an enhanced view of of Jen's dating yeah. profile, right? The uh, the Tinder or the which yeah. was called Matcher. And the you, like, you, you're right. The about me section, and says as you can see, my client wrote, and I quote, "Mean, green, and straight poured into these jeans." And the, so corny. <laughs> the way she says it, and then the yeah. way, like Mallory kind of looks at Jen, and yeah. Jen's like, "Oh, like it's like cringing hard, awkward." And then yeah. Titania even says, "Ew," which, <laughs> yeah. which, which I chuckled. I at. gotta laugh. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mallory goes on to answer the question, what are you looking for in a partner? My client wrote a sturdy back <laughs> and reinforced king size bed. JK, JK, JK. <laughs> <laughs> which, 
Man, she so really she, wanted it, man. She is DTF, my friend. <laughs> yeah. She is, she is down. Now, Mallory wants to call the first witness. And uh, so the first of Jen's dates comes up. This was David Otunga, the former wrestler who was also a lawyer. And he says, sup. That one popped <laughs> me too. Like, yeah. he's on the stand. And he, he says to Mallory, sup. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're going to. You're going to wait for someone to ask you a question. You don't just sit on the stand and say, sup. But it just, it got me. And um, then Mallory's questioning each of these dates. The first one, David Otunga says, yeah. She's like, it's me, the real She-Hulk. Impressed much? She came across (laughs) a little try-hard, to be honest. (laughs) Right before, though, one of my favorite moments that I had to mention so right before Otunga comes up to testify, when Mallory says that they were going to call their witnesses, Jen turns around and all mm. four of them are sitting together. But what's yeah. really funny is the entire courtroom is empty, but these four guys yeah. are all sitting right next to each other. <laughs> right next the, to each other. In the one, in the one yeah. little aisle, which is great. I love like, it's just a little piece of detail but it was so funny to me i was like there are four empty rows and those four dudes are all sitting right next to each other like hey what's up what's up it's going down so they um, all wave too in like slightly different ways really funny stuff i I love a lot of the stuff with the with the dates in these last couple episodes i thought it felt felt fun now we get to the the second guy this guy was more of the uh the artsy guy Mm -hmm. i'm just not about that I specifically remembered her referring to herself as She-Hulk in the third person, and I, as a writer, I found that grating. (laughs) So as embarrassing as this is for Jen, these witnesses are are providing the information that she needs. They they are corroborating her story and saying that, oh yeah, she did did represent herself as She-Hulk. So while she is getting embarrassed, at the same time, she's getting what she needs from these witnesses. Uh, Todd is next. So Todd says that she confided in me. You know, she was initially embarrassed <laughs> by the name She-Hulk, but then she embraced it. That's the beautiful part. I guess I'm just the kind of guy a woman can really open up to. <laughs> she, Mallory says, um, you know, Mallory is looking at, at Jen. And Mallory asks a question, but the question is for the next guy. So Todd, our dork, he he also helps her, though. He, he again, says, mm-hmm. you know, she was embarrassed by it, but then she embraced it. That's the beautiful part. So three for three so far with the three guys. They've all given her yeah. a little tidbit that could help. Yeah, and I love just how embarrassed uh, Jennifer is when that guy's talking. Like, because he really does seem on the stand, like, like believable. In, in, yeah, in a no weird mess. way, like he seems a little bit better than his than his self out off the stand. Like he's he's putting on airs a little bit, and and he, yeah, like the idea that in the public record, like they had this great date together, like yes. it just makes her feel so ashamed. And you can see she sinks into her chair. She confided in him, and she opened up to this <laughs> guy. And um, then we get the the final guy, and this was the guy that Jen really liked. Mallory asks this. Mm-hmm. This guy. So you would say that you really connected with She-Hulk. And you know, Jen, like you said, she's so embarrassed. She's sulking into her chair through all of these questions. Yeah. And this guy says, she and Hulk, She-Hulk and I had an intense connection. 
We had a great date. She battled demons. I mean, come on. <laughs> Which I thought was a funny line, you know? Yeah. Um, and then Mallory asks, would you have gone on the date if She-Hulk had instead presented herself as Jennifer Walters? Why I, li- I love this was because this was a, a question that was mean, kind of. She knew yeah. what was she knew what what the answer was going to be, and she knew it was going to be hurtful for her yeah. client. But this was like this question being answered is like oh case over. This is basically yeah. exactly what they were going for here, and it's a major difference between Jen and She Hulk, and it was really sad to hear the guy yeah. say it. <laughs> But overall, I love that Mallory is such a like she's such an an aggressive shark of a lawyer yeah. that she's like, I don't care about her feelings. Like we're gonna win this case. Like that's the most important mm-hmm. thing here. Until she realizes what this guy says, and then Mallory afterwards actually like has a moment with Jen where she mm-hmm. you know she relates to her. But I liked all of this, and it it was very sad. Like I could feel it on Jen when the guy tells her. I mean, look, I don't want to be, yeah. but she's not really my type. But She-Hulk, She-Hulk's incredible. <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> so uh, that's just so tone deaf. Like for that guy to do that, like I, I, I get like he didn't need to do that last part <laughs> at all. Like the way he just stressed it all, and it was just like salt in the wound for her. And for it was that insult to injury, and also it, it kind of goes back to the initial you know, episode with that guy at the end where he was just so tone deaf to her feelings. And it felt so it, like that the idea that he'd be that oblivious after, you know, seemingly being this such feminist. a good guy. I know I was going to say right, like, he's right. so half good. And then he, he just like, he opens up his mouth and he becomes tone deaf out of nowhere. Yeah. There's, like his, it's like, he has this like block of empathy or, or something like he can't see that. I mean, he says, well, I, I don't mean to be rude. And but then he says all he needs to, but then he like adds to it, you know, he goes further. And like, but she, oh my god, like he just stresses it to he a point. Just said, where, Come she's on, not really my type, feel? right? Right, she's not yeah, really he my have left type. It at that. Was yeah. fine, but exactly. she hog, she hog's incredible, <laughs> she's amazing. And yeah. I mean, the judge doesn't even need to hear anymore. In light of this new mm-hmm. testimony, the court finds in favor of Jennifer Walters, aka She Hulk, motion for. <laughs> Summary judgment is granted. Titania and her subsidiaries will cease usage of the She-Hulk name effective immediately, and all current products on the market must be recalled. Titania approaches Jen. This isn't over, hater. So we can imagine that there's still more of Titania. In the comics, Titania, I believe she steals Jen's blood, or Mm -hmm. it's something along those lines in the story where she is superpowered, and they do have – a, a lot of a storyline where they're against each other sometimes, and then even times where Titania is helping Jen and I think working with her. So that's something that we may see moving forward. Mm-hmm. David Otunga goes up to uh, Titania and says, I'm so sorry that happened to you. What are you getting into later? <laughs> she says, fine, you can buy me things. Let's go. <laughs> oh, that, that's they, great. They walk off. But conflicting feelings for Jen because – She's happy yeah. they won the case, but there's this moment of like sad moment of self worth as Jen. Like, oh, yeah. who is Jen, right? Who is Jen now that there's this She Hulk? Yeah. And it like, I think that for her, uh, Jen is the real her. 
And She-Hulk is this thing that kind of got added on top of of her. Uh, that's not like her real identity. It's part of her for sure. Um, and she's accepted that that part. But now that that part has kind of supplanted her own I- identity, um, she's just feeling so worthless uh, deep down at her core uh, because she still feels like, you know, Jen is the is the real her. So she's in this really tough spot where um, she's getting all this great, uh, you know, attention from the outside world and, you know, men and her love life and all these different areas in her job, too, where everyone sees all this value in She-Hulk. But Jen just gets, you know, uh, tossed by the wayside, uh, even in her family. They, they don't look at they don't treat her with the kind of respect of like, you know, a successful lawyer. You know, what we see at the beginning, her her brother's like mansplaining. Um, and so it's just, uh, yeah, she has a lot of reasons and a lot of things telling her that she's not worth anything. So that's going to be a, a major aspect of her journey. Uh, her hero's journey is, you know, coming into her own, um, realizing her self-worth and utilizing that to help people. So Mallory and Jen have won the case. Mallory actually tells Jen for, uh, afterwards, one of the first nice things that we've seen from her. Yeah, she says, "Look, Walters, what that extremely attractive man." I like what she says that. What that yeah. extremely attractive man said in there, "You can do better. You deserve better." It's very nice because we really don't yeah. know Mallory either and what her motivations are. In the comics, she is a rival of Jen, and she is someone who always does things to make Jen's life harder, a living hell. And we know that Mallory was just having a meeting with Todd that wasn't about this case. You mm-hmm. you wonder if Mallory maybe has is, is she a bad girl or was this the moment where she kind of really did embrace Jen? They go out to a bar and they have a couple drinks, and it seems like mm-hmm. Mallory actually really is connecting with Jen here because she says, "Yeah, quite a strategy. I don't know any other lawyer who would hum- humiliate themselves that way to win a case." <laughs> and Jen says, "You can always count on me to throw myself under the bus." It's why Holloway pays me the medium bucks. <laughs> and Mallory even points out he could never have gone through that. He's never had to prove his value to a parade of underwhelming men. And they're just they're having a drink and they're going back and forth. And this next line I thought was really funny. Think about everything that She-Hulk brings to the table. And those guys were my best option. Now <laughs> <laughs> Mallory says you can have literal superpowers and some guy with the internet, can still think he can do better, <laughs> which is just great because she is this. It's something that they're playing on, and a lot of the recaps and and breakdowns I've been uh, watching and listening to have said the same. Jen Tatiana Mosley in real life is yeah. so attractive. Like, there's no yes, way she would be having any problem getting a date no or like on Tinder. And or She Hulk. Uh, if if She Hulk was real, it would be like. You know, you saw like they showed her she was getting all these notifications, but yet those were the the guys. Like there had to be some some Good winners in there. that book. Why did she pick only the shitty ones? Like it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, maybe I could see the the two muscly guys like from a from a um you know just a a, a swipe profile online and a swiping thing. Okay, you're gonna go for like physically attractive you know people or whatever. Uh, so th- some of those guys might might slip in there, but like. A few of them are like, why did you even say yes to this person? They seem kind of creepy just off off the bat. So, Well, like Nikki says about yeah. Todd, you gave that guy two hours of exactly. your life. Like, why would you yeah. even have, have thought that? Now, uh, yeah. Mallory and Jen have a moment. They're talking. The things that we put up with, 
And Jen says, I'm so happy we're friends. Mallory kind of looks Kind of leaves her hanging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but she does sort of smile a little. She says, thanks for the she drink. Does. And, um, and then she says, I thought you were going to get better clothes. And, and, uh, and it reminds Jen, oh, yeah, my clothes. So yeah. she breaks the fourth nice wall. fourth wall. Yeah. To, rem- uh, to remember about her clothes and remind us that they may be ready. And she goes to see Luke. She arrives, Luke, I'm just here to get my suits. And Jen starts trying things on, but she goes into a changing room. So we actually never see her new, her new suit or the additional thing that Luke made for her. He says, I made you a little something extra. And Jen says, I don't know if I'll really have an... He says, just say thank you, Jennifer. So it... It seems like he has made her a suit, just a a suit for work, and then the She-Hulk suit that we know and we've maybe mm-hmm. seen her in with the uh, the purple. So she has now um, clothing for the office and clothing for when she has to go be an Avenger. Yeah, for the streets. I, yeah, I thought that was really cool. I love this character. He's um, great. He's so funny, and I, I like uh, you mentioned. Um, uh, the Incredibles, which I think it definitely takes a little bit from there. But I also want to mention that there's um, there's a character in the comics. Uh, I believe there is an actual Luke J- Jacobs in the comics, uh, a little bit different. But I think this version of the character is a, a combination of that Luke Jacobs and Leo Zielinski, who specifically made um, superhero outfits. Whereas the character of uh, Luke Jacobson, I think, was strictly more of a designer in that world, uh, but without the superhero aspects of it, without the super powered um, um, angle on things. So I thought that was really cool how they kind of reimagined the character. And the, he just put such a great stamp on it, the actor who played him, uh, so that like almost everything he says is just hilarious. And there's so much character just coming out of this person uh, with everything that he says that. Uh, it's just going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, he, I thought he did a great job. And yeah. as Jen is changing, Luke notices that there's something out in the open. He said, oh, this shouldn't be left out in the open. Tinsley, does client confidentiality mean nothing to you? And he picks up a box, and as he walks over, we see it's a new Daredevil helmet. Mm-hmm. So our guy, Daredevil, is in Los Angeles right now. He doesn't have Melvin making anything for him anymore. He's not in New York, and we – I thought that he was going to be in more episodes of this show, uh, of this series. It seems like it's just going to be one, but I would not – I mean I would imagine really? we may see him in this very next episode. It would make the most sense right after seeing his you know, his helmet here. Yeah, I'm surprised that one – I know IMDb is showing four, but a lot of things are, are inaccurate about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, earlier I got the name Mallory wrong because of looking at that. Well, um, and I think they but, had Bruce in for like eight of the nine episodes too, and he's only you know we've seen Bruce hasn't mm-hmm. been in the last couple, so yeah, so they try to trick you a little too before <laughs> before the episodes or movies have played. Some IMDb stuff is yeah. very, is inaccurate all the time because they don't want to give it away completely. Good point. Yeah, um, my thing about this scene, uh, I I really liked it. It felt a little bit like a post credit stinger though. I completely agree. Like, I felt like this was this felt like it. Yeah. I almost thought it was. Like it really I mean, maybe did. it was originally conceived that way, and I just felt that it flowed a little bit better coming right off of the the fourth wall break there and just going right directly into it. But I could totally see them having cut there, got, doing the, the the credits, and then coming back to the, the close as the final scene. Because really nothing happens in the scene except she goes, she gets this stuff, and then we see a little Easter egg. That's uh, To me, that's, that's the 
Th that's those are the ingredients theory. for a post-credit scene. That's not really like a, you know, an, an end to an episode or a cliffhanger. Or uh, it it, it kind of straddled the, the line there. I, I think it it worked as the final uh, scene because it did kind of give re resolution to that aspect of the storyline of this particular episode. She was you know going to get the, the the costume, so now we get to see that she did get the costume. Okay, makes sense. Uh, but it just seemed a little bit uneventful for lack of a better word. I agree. I agree. We, and I think it was when she came in the first time, someone who was leaving the place is mm -hmm. being talked about as Eugene Patillo yeah. in the frog comics. Man, father, uh, Leapfrog, his, his father is, and okay. he was Frogman. And so he was walking out of a meeting with the drip broker. I don't, or um, I don't know if we were really even supposed to think all that much of it, but this was something that was pointed out on a couple other breakdowns. But yeah. you're right. It, it's exciting knowing that Daredevil is coming. I mean, we all knew that was coming, but it was sort of kind of it's kind of anticlimactic because this felt like a place where we could have had a few more Easter eggs even in, yeah, in this place absolutely. with him. Like kind of like what they did with Pug's shoes at the end. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I wish that that was it, it was it was actually on screen. We saw a little bit of yeah, some of the outfits and things, maybe a mask or something. Just a little bit, a little peek. So we have no post or mid credit scene but we do have that one moment where we see pug and nikki it's drawn up like it's a comic and in the background we see a lot of pug shoe collection with all of these different shoes a lot of different x-men that we haven't even been introduced yet so yeah personally no, uh, uh, with regard to that i think and i hope that that's just an Easter egg for the credits and that that's not reflecting like the actual Cannon. world yes. uh, because I, I think that's too, there's too many superheroes in the world. I do kind of feel like they are going down that route though with this show, especially like where it's just like superheroes are kind of a dime a dozen. There's all these low level ones, stuff's happening all around. I feel like it just, it's going to make it seem a little bit less believable and less special. I think that they need to pare it down at least in the public consciousness the the awareness of like all these different superheroes, I I feel like it can't just be an everyday thing. But uh, I I also suspect that uh, I'm not going to get what I want here. I think that they are kind of like almost throwing the, their IP at the wall and like you know including the kitchen sink with these stories. So uh, I don't know. I'm a little bit mixed on that. that and I'm sense. I'm in in a really weird place with this show because I don't mm -hmm. ever dislike it. Like, I don't ever mm -hmm. dislike an episode at the end of it. Like, they're always entertaining, they're always fun, and they're always quick. But it is – there are some of these episodes where I'm, I'm, I come out like, what is the real major conflict? I guess it's just her conflict with herself. We're used to being – or we're kind of used to being introduced to these big bads, these evil villains. And that's not mm -hmm. really been the case in this show at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for a through line. You know, there's been that – like, I kind of touched on the personal journey through line. but um, the stakes are still pretty small with, with that when you really think about it. That like, you know, just a, a, a woman coming into her own and, and feeling empowered and, and confident. Uh, that could be an interesting story, especially when you, you know, tell that story in the uh, uh, in this world with all these interesting characters around and crazy things can happen. Uh, but at the same time, I do feel like we do need an external stake uh, added into the mix to kind of highlight and juxtapose that that journey i think she needs to face the inner demons so to speak while fighting some actual 
demons or supervillains mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and uh, and there needs to be a, a little bit more of a balance with that. I think this genre specifically, we're talking about superheroes. Uh, I almost think it's mandatory that you have a, a, a large external foe. Uh, and we're kind of missing that right now. I think with with Daredevil coming into the play, that'll hopefully be where we're heading next, right? What what are the mm-hmm. bigger um, yeah? What are the, who are the bigger foes to fight if they have to team up or because mm-hmm. you know for for Daredevil and for her they could have a fun shelf life in the MCU now for years moving forward as these you know representatives yeah. of people that have superhuman powers or have been involved in you know incidents with with superhuman so. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm curious. Like I don't think this is the greatest of the shows and I don't think they wanted this to be. They weren't trying for this to be like some groundbreaking um change mm-hmm. everything you know. It's just a fun like I I said I'm watching I'm rewatching Ally McBeal right now. I mean this is that this is that mm-hmm. show. It's just like a right, silly right. each week she's got some dating stuff and she's got a different court case and she's dealing with a lot of stuff and her growth. We we just need to feel like there's more to it also. And I think we're getting there, but this, this, it was a short episode. It was quick. It, it just felt a little bit, I don't want to say certain words because they'll come off bad, but it kind of felt like meaning, meaningless isn't the right word. Right. No, I think you're, I think you are right. I I, I would go there and I would say it's, it's kind of pointless, kind of meaningless. And I think it's because we're missing the big want, like what is her major motivation? It's not just, we, you know, we're talking about a major foe or somebody to, to battle against, but like, okay, well, what does she want to like, what, what is like episode to episode, the thing that carries her, you know, across all of the, these stories. Uh, what is that thing that she's searching for? What is her end goal? I don't really see uh, any kind of clear goal that, that um, ties her story together and the series together as of now, uh, right now, again, it's, it's all very personal kind of small stakes stuff. And it's a little bit hard to get invested on a on like a long term scale when there's not, you know, a major goal to be had. I don't see I don't see a hole in her life that she re- truly really needs to fill. I just see like you know some personal improvements and some health self help books will will help her out. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But there's not uh, there's not that thing that like and maybe maybe Matt Murdock is going to show her or maybe it, maybe they're touching on it with um you know her personal life. She needs someone. She needs a a love interest or something. Mm-hmm. But they're not giving us the clues uh, to kind of let, let us know that that's really what she wants. Like, I don't know that she wants or needs a partner that. or needs that. I think they're giving us mixed signals a little bit in that regard. And so they need to really, I think, hone her motivations moving forward. Four episodes left. We're more than halfway home in this nine-episode installment. We'll see if Wong will show back up. Bruce, we know Daredevil is a coming. So perhaps mm-hmm. they will help elevate the stakes a little bit more as uh, you know some major major characters that we've seen in a lot of other uh, other content, and it'll be fun to have Daredevil here fully in the MCU. We saw him pop up in Spider Man now. TK, my mm-hmm. friend, these are always fun to to chat with you about. Yes, had sir. a had a blast now halfway through this series, and we will finish wow. up the next four weeks with. More She-Hulk deep dives, recaps, and reviews. Thank you so much, buddy, for helping us out. And I look forward to picking your brain again next week. Everyone out there, make sure to give Tim a follow at Tim is not funny on Twitter and on Instagram. You can check out um, all of the uh, 
products that all of the projects that he's working on there. TK, my friend, this is this is going to be that time now because in a few days Andor starts. So yeah. we'll have Andor, She-Hulk, Lord of the Rings, and House of the <laughs> Dragon all at the same wow. time. So if you wow. were a nerd growing up, this is your time. This yeah. is your time. We've got Werewolf by Night in just a few weeks too. After yeah. She-Hulk, I think sometime in yeah. October. I don't. I don't oh. I'm not even sure. There's a week off before we get that. But and that looks got really a lot of content cool. coming. Like an old black and white horror thriller. Yeah. So, um, and my I will say, Milo, my son, he loves the Groot shorts. Loves them. Ah. I've been meaning um, to watch those. I haven't seen them all, yet. I, yeah, I they're started all like watching one. Four or five minutes, you know? And yeah. one of them, um, one of them is Groot taking a bath. And yeah. so he'll always say, Groot bath, Groot bath. Like when he wants to watch Aww. that. It's pretty funny. So uh he's into <laughs> that. He's into Toy Story right now, too. So he's always saying, Woody this or Buzz this. So um yeah, oh, Marvels nice. love the uh love the little Groot shorts. And we have a lot of Marvel MCU stuff coming up over the next few years. I mean, they've been uh, having conferences, D23 yeah. stuff recently, just dropping info on all these shows that'll be coming up, all these different movies, and we'll be right here with yeah. you on That's What G Said with Tim Kelly. Thank you so much, buddy. You have a great rest of your week. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Gino. You too. Looking forward Don't to it. anywhere, folks. Still a lot more to come on this episode of That's What G Said. Always fun catching up with TK. We'll get into episode six of She-Hulk for you next week. Yeah, we'll also have some Andor for you next week. We have an old wrestling rewatch coming up. We're going to talk SummerSlam 2019 with Andrew Champagne. We'll have NFL Week 3 with Eric. We'll have some college football. Louisiana Downs closing weekend. Oh, yeah, it's Parks and the Pennsylvania Derby coming up this weekend and the Cotillion. I should have a couple guests on the next episode to help me preview that. So lots of... This is one of the busier weeks I actually have all year long with the uh, end of Louisiana, football starting up, a couple new shows that we'll be recapping. I look forward to sharing all the thoughts with you right here on That's What G Said. Thanks so much for hanging out with us again. Make sure to subscribe and share the show around with your friends. Let everybody know here um, all the different topics that we discuss on That's What G Said. Thanks so much, folks. Have a good couple days, and we'll talk to you again real soon.